Welcome to Apple Soho in New York, and please welcome this evening's moderator, Yahoo Celebrity Style Editor, Donna Friedkin. Hi, guys. I am so happy to see that this is a full house because the movie that we're talking about today is Ba-dum-bum, The House, starring that newbie, Will Ferrell, who I hear has a future in comedy. And I think now we're going to roll the trailer. Oh, God. No, I, I don't want to click it. I'm not going to click it. Why don't you click it? If they say no to you, I say we say no to them. If they don't want my baby, they're stupid. When I became a dad, I made a choice to support my daughter's dreams. You don't have enough money. It says right here we have $401,000. Jackpot. You missed it. Uh, that says you have a 401k account. Alex thinks we can afford tuition and we can't. We gotta lie. That's what parents do. Because otherwise the kids are gonna realize that we don't know what we're doing. Welcome. I have a way for you guys to make four years tuition in one month. Underground casino. Seems to check out. Do this math. You're 40 years old and you go to jail for 20 years. How old are you when you get out? 90. No. 100. Honey. If I have some scratch paper, I can figure it out. You want to make money like Vegas? You got to look like Vegas. We've got a nail salon, massages. You're never going to believe what's in this next room. Is it a strip club? What's up with that kid? That kid's 11. He's a fantastic DJ. Drop that beat. Amazing. All right. Mama your mother and I will be working late every night. I just can't help but feel like you're lying. We love you so much. We're so proud of you. But you need to shut up. What did you just say? It's so hard being a parent. There's something fishy going on with those three. We're going to bet on our friends fighting? We're a casino. Have you ever heard of fight night? Martha and Laura are pretty good in there. They both take the same MMA class at the Y. Oh, she daughter. I don't know why I love this so much. It's my brother. Are those women's sunglasses? No, they're Italian. I feel like a badass bitch. I'm not going to tell my daughter she can't go to college, so we resorted to a life of crime. Amazing, amazing. Guys, we got a problem. Cheating. We got to send a message, like De Niro and Casino. You think you can cheat us? What are you guys going to do about it anyway? Oh, I'm so scared. <laughs> I'm going to do this. No, I'm going to do this. Hey, hey, hey. Don't do play it. around with come on. Tell your friends if they mess with us, this is what they're gonna get. And please welcome on stage Will the Butcher Farrell. Thank you for being here, Will. Are those sunglasses Italian? These are not. This is part of my uh, boy band manager look. Great. I didn't even realize I was wearing sunglasses. I'm going to take them off for this interview. So this movie, I feel like, encapsulates what so many parents... Quiet at the Genius Bar, please! <laughs> Quiet! You guys, you don't want to see him blow up, okay? Just don't. Back to my question. Was that good for sound? That was great. Okay. Great sound test. But this movie encapsulates what so many parents, like myself, 
both fear and have high expectations for, which is empty nest slash leaving right. for college. Mm -hmm. What about the role resonated with you? Well, I, um, I can't wait for my kids to get out of the house. Even at their young age, I can't stand them. So that will be a day of celebration when all three are gone. Uh, I loved, I just thought the premise was very unique. Uh, I thought, uh, I loved the fact that the, the couple in the movie were, were kind of partners in crime together. Uh, both parts were equally funny as opposed to a wife going, what's going on? And uh, the, the guy getting to do all the funny things. Um, and yeah, I think all of that wrapped into one, plus the fact that they're dealing with the idea of the empty nest, but this crazy, uh, even though it's ill-fated, this adventure they go on actually brings them closer. It's actually a fun thing for the community because everyone gets to go to an illegal casino in their, in their town. Uh, <laughs> Watch women fight each other. Exactly. So it becomes this, I don't know, this purging in a way of, 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 uh, for everyone, and, and then it all comes crashing down. But uh, I just loved all those, all those factors. Your company, Gary Sanchez, produced it. So right. how did the script come to you? Take me through the whole process. Uh, Andrew, Andrew Cohen and... Uh, Brendan O'Brien, the, the writers came and pitched it. Uh, we said, great. They then wrote it, and, uh, and, and it, they executed it in a way that, that felt like it was great. So we, yeah, we went out and pitched it with Amy and I attached. Uh, Jessica Elbaum, producer from our company, she's here uh, somewhere in the, in the audience right there. Jessica Elbaum, newly engaged. She's getting married December 13th or 16th. If you have any wedding gifts or if Apple wants to give her anything free, that'd be great. Um, just an idea. So, uh, uh, yeah, and then uh, uh, New Line was, uh, we were thankful that New Line, which uh, is a great studio to work with, highly collaborative, uh, they thought it was a great idea and, and also allowed us to shoot the movie in Los Angeles, which... Uh, I hadn't shot a movie since Step Brothers. I realized, yeah. They don't, yeah, they don't shoot there anymore because not, of the tax it's breaks. Tons of television, but not that many uh, mid to higher budget movies get shot in Los Angeles, uh, which was great because it was a seven minute drive from my house, Warner Brothers, and we also got to pull from such a, uh, you know, the comedy talent there. That's where we're able to get. The likes of Jason Manzukis and Rob Hewell and Nick Kroll, and the list goes on and on. Well, we have to come back to Amy because I yeah. read an interview with her where right. she said that she begged you to write something for her during your SNL days, and she followed you around asking and asking and asking. That must have gotten very annoying. Very annoying. I can't even imagine. Yep. So why did it I take thought her name was Amanda that whole uh, year. Yeah. But it's I Amy. thought it was Emily, personally. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah. And I common you, mistake. I get you. Yeah. yeah. But what took it? What took so long? I don't know. I, I think it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, you everyone works in different universes, and uh, Amy left the show and then started Parks and Rec, and uh, was also working with Tina a bunch, and uh, it was just uh, we just found this opening where we were both available, and uh, and she was perfect casting for this, and 
and, and like I said, because you, you really, whoever was going to play uh, the wife had to, it just fit, it was kind of written for Amy in a way. And uh, so it was just, uh, it was the right time to, to do this. And speaking of being written for Amy, I wanted to come back a little bit to what you said earlier, which is how refreshing it is to see a wife that isn't the shrew sidekick, right. you know, berating and scolding and or living in some like oblivious state yeah. where, oh my God, honey, you you have a casino? Yeah, what? yeah, exactly. So did you guys collaborate on the script together or develop the roles in any way? I think, you know, Amy, we, both the guys, uh, both Anna and Bryn were, were very open to all of our notes, and so Amy chimed in with hers, and that was all poured into the script. But uh, but that's what I love about uh, Kate Johansson. While she's a little skeptical of the plan at first, she then she then devolves into her alter ego, the burner, the burner who is going to uh, be okay with with everything by smoking a lot of pot. So, well, and, yeah. also, and also using uh, unconventional toilet facilities. Exactly. She's not afraid to urinate in public. Let's see another clip uh, featuring Miss Amy <laughs> On Kohler. Yes. On that note. We lost all our money. And I am mentally and physically addicted to marijuana. Honey, you love it. I think about it all the time. It's really hard to focus right now. I'm so mad I'm not high. And we started a fight club. What are we doing? We're each other's enabler. We're not even... One of us has to be an adult here. So you do it. You be it. Okay, I'll be the adult. And as the adult, I'm gonna say we're gonna call Frank and tell him to shut it down. Okay. And that's how we're gonna handle it. Okay. <gasps> what a relief. Right? Or we keep it open or go we big. Do. Yeah. How much of a risk taker are you in real life? It depends. I mean, in terms of like gambling and uh, like, no, not. This is not where you're going to reveal your long time I mean, gambling I addiction? I have lost a couple of uh, homes. They were motor homes, so it doesn't matter. Um, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm someone who gambles with $100. And if I go to all my times at uh, Trump casinos. I only go to Trump casinos. Um, do they oh, still exist? Oh, he went there. Whew. Do they still exist? Uh, Atlantic City, maybe? They maybe, do, right? But yeah, I think. No, I don't know. That was my Trump joke for the, for the evening. Um, yeah, hey, what's up, guy? Some guy just gave me a thumbs up. You like Trump casinos? Yep. Oh, no. Okay. He doesn't like them. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm pretty kind of mellow with all that stuff, which is why I like playing roles like this, where I get to go crazy. How did you guys keep straight faces? And I know it's called acting, but looking at that clip, it was like, right. uh, how often did you break? It just depends. Uh, you know, you, Amy and I are pretty good, because when you lock in with each other, and, uh, and it's just if someone says something very odd that will throw off the rhythm, and that will get you going, or if, uh, if it's a long day, or a night shoot. Night shoot, night shoots you have the propensity to, to laugh a lot. Uh, one of the nights we were shooting, I uh, started doing a bit, uh, because during the course <laughs> of filming, a lot of times, 
the actors will get together and get a like a coffee truck for the crew or um, you know uh, sushi or just to kind of say thank you and thanks for everyone and I kept saying how uh, that night was the night that a, I had hired a, a gravy truck to come and it was just going it had 12 different types of gravy and uh, we kept doing this bit for like an hour about how does anyone else want to chip in on the gravy truck and no one really wanted to. We kept describing the types of gravy to the point where the script supervisor literally had to leave and threw up the image of eating gravy. So Let's that's, that's something for you guys to write in your journals. I'm actually like now I, I can't get that out of my head. Right. It's kind of a sick thought, right? It a really gravy, is a sick a gravy, thought. It's like basically pouring fat on Hot things. gravy yeah. coming out of spigots. Yep. Huh. Onward. That was the name of my band in high school, Hot Gravy. But coming out of spigots. Coming out of spigots. The full title. <laughs> Put your hands together for Hot Gravy coming out of spigots. Thank you. Small, polite golf clap. I want to get back to... My favorite scene in the movie where your dark side is unleashed involving the axe. Yes. Tell me about shooting that because that was pretty So damn that's a amazing. scene in the movie where we, uh, uh, we discover that one of our patrons is card counting and we have to go settle it and we're afraid that uh, we don't want the reputation to get out that we're not going to collect on our debts and it's a place that you can just come and cheat. So we take him into Frank's garage and decide to, to rough him up, but we don't really know how to follow through on the plan. And I think because we've watched too many movies like Casino, and uh, I start wielding an axe and chop his finger off, which um, was a massive amount of fake blood I had to ingest into my mouth as it, yeah. What does it taste like? It's, uh, it's like... Um, that ser it tastes a little bit like gravy. Yeah. Uh, a chicken stock. Yeah. Let's talk about Gary Sanchez. That's your production company. Right. You guys have done amazing work. These are the guys responsible for Between Two Ferns, Funny or Die, among many, many other projects. You just celebrated yep. your 10-year your anniversary. Where do you see yourselves going in the future? You know, I think... Uh, we're just going to kind of continue to to obviously make comedy, but we also just, as Adam and I talk about, we love all different types of movies, and uh, it's really fun to kind of explore whether it's uh, anything from graphic novels to uh, to kind of straighter dramas to... Uh, um, Jessica started Gloria Sanchez, which is female-focused uh, in terms of... Uh, female writers and directors and those sorts of projects. So we're just kind of open to, to everything as long as we feel like we can put our hearts into it and, and support people that we feel like really need uh, to be supported. What do you think is the biggest risk you've ever taken, either, uh, either as an actor, producer, or both? Uh, I, I mean, I think just the, the biggest risk was convincing myself that I was going to try to earn a living as a comedy person. Yeah, that was probably the, the biggest flying leap. And I, you know, I did all the typical things of, of maxing out all my credit cards and living pretty much hand to mouth and trying to explain to my parents why it was a good idea. Uh, 
and that was definitely the yeah the biggest other the, I mean and the the biggest biggest creative challenge yeah. I ever did was uh, filming Casa de Mi Padre, which is a movie entirely in Spanish. I did that. I've done a I've done a Lifetime movie with Kristen Wiig, uh, Deadly Adoption. Should look it up. Instant classic. Even though Lifetime didn't know we were making fun of the movies that they make. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm always kind of uh, looking for ways to challenge myself. And I know you've said this in interviews before and you're known in the industry as someone who doesn't chase the money. What kinds of films excite you as an actor? Even though I, lo I love the phrase, show me the money. Well, I, love I don't it. chase money, but... It just comes to you. Yeah, show me the money. Yeah. Which is the name of my gravy truck company. <laughs> show me the gravy. But what kinds of films excite you now when you see a script? Um, you know, I think just, I, th I think projects that are things that I haven't tried. And, uh, you know, I'm still, uh, I had, I've had a really interesting and, and fun time doing things like Stranger Than Fiction and another movie, Everything Must Go, which are seri more serious. That was an amazing movie. And, um, Thank you, and uh, so I'm looking for more things like that, and uh, you know, Chris and Wig and I are, uh, are talking with Mark Platt about a potential musical, you know, so just, it's, uh, yeah, any, anything and everything. And let's roll one more clip, and then I have a final question for you, and we can okay. go to the audience Q&A. Okay, great. Bob took away our scholarship, which we were kind of counting on. But then we remembered that we have a college fund with our dear financial advisor, Don. You don't have enough money. Okay, right here. It says right here in this, this account, we have $401,000. Jackpot. You missed it. Nope, uh, that says you have a 401k account. If you liquidate that right now, you'll have, you know, maybe $5,000. So what happened to the other $396,000? Boom. Gotcha. What is wrong with the two of you? Allison Tolman. Amazing. Allison Tolman. Yeah. Yeah. How much of Scott is... She's in the other person that was in that. <laughs> yes. How much of you is in Scott? Uh, well, I... Let's see. I don't really dress like that. Um, I dress worse. Uh... I would say I would say I'm a I'm a very attentive husband and father, right? I don't know. I don't live in your house. Yeah. That's what I'd say. Yeah, you don't know. I don't know. You could tell me whatever. Yeah. I will tell you whatever. Why don't you get out of my face? Why don't you go gamble? Life is a gamble. <laughs> At the end of the day. Well, let's go to our audience, please. Um, so I'm wondering, your father was a musician with the Righteous Brothers, yeah. right? I'm, I'm intrigued by your father's role, what he did, and how it may have affected you constantly being on the road as he was, an unpredictable life, much like an actor. Yeah, he, um, he, he plays piano and saxophone. Uh, he, uh, he kind of joined the Righteous Brothers, I'd say probably post-1975, when they, they'd broken up for a while and they got back together. And... Uh, 
the irony, the fact that I'm an actor is is ironic because I watch the inconsistency of, of his life as a musician and the fact that he would have jobs for a while and it would all go away and they'd have to kind of scramble to, to find the next gig. And I thought, I will never do anything like that. I will have a normal job. Uh, I didn't know what that meant exactly. I knew I would wear a suit and carry a briefcase. Uh, that was my image of going to work as a little kid. Uh, and then, you know, as I started kind of going through high school into college, realized I did indeed love comedy. And, you know, I would go and sit, uh, you know, my summer times, uh, when I'd be back home f f during school, I would go to the Irvine Improv and watch open mic nights and sit in the back and try to gauge whether I thought I was as funny as the people going up and that sort of thing. And uh, eventually s decided I would, I would try my hand at it. And I sat down with my dad and I said, so do you have any words of wisdom? And he said, you know what? I've watched, and at that point I'd started taking classes at the Growlings and started doing some shows, and he said, he said, I think you really do have talent, but just know that it's a total crapshoot, and it, it involves luck. And I would give it, you know, your best effort, uh, but if you hit a snag, or if you hit a point where you feel like you're at a dead end, it's okay to abandon it and try something differently which I think is what happened to him he had to keep just doing music and in a weird way it's not doesn't sound like a pep talk but it almost took the pressure off of succeeding because I thought well this is so hard to do anyway uh, so I was just out there going I'm just gonna try this and if five years down the road I, I haven't made it I'll I'll just become an architect I don't know uh, but that those were his his advice but in a weird way it was <clears throat> it was very freeing to know that, oh, if I don't make it, it's not because of me. It's just because uh, I just didn't, luck just didn't hit the right time. And it, it did. Did you ever have a plan B, though? Not really. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I mean, I studied uh, sports journalism, so maybe I would get into the sports world in some way. Hey, Will. Hi. Um, whose uh, performance in the movie surprised you the most and why? Well, I don't know if I don't know if it surprised me the most, but uh, I was happy to see audiences recognize how funny he is. But Jason Manzukis, who plays our neighbor, is just he's a powerhouse, and you know, a there's he, he obviously has a lot of comedy fans. But I think for a big, wide mass audience, this is the first time he's really getting to show off in a big, uh, wide release movie, and. Uh, and he's not, he's getting to play a somewhat normal person, <laughs> even though he's our unhinged neighbor whose life has fallen apart. But he is so smart and funny and quick. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to, I, I hope this movie does really well for him. I was wondering if you have any like, words of encouragement or advice. Um, the advice that your father gave you was very touching, but do you have any other advice? In other words, you don't like it. No, no. You found never it touching, said that. but you don't like it. It's okay. <laughs> never said I got that. It. Looking for more than one source. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, I think, you know, when I was kind of, uh, you know, I really didn't try anything till after I graduated from college. And that's when I started taking some acting class. And uh, I literally was just trying every 
everything I could think of, whether it be uh, stand-up comedy or a weird cabaret sketch show, um, <clears throat> any sort of avenue. And I think, uh, I think that's the thing. Just try, just expose yourself to a broad uh, array of experiences, and they'll all kind of, you know, inform you and 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 help kind of strengthen uh, your skills as an actor. Thank, thank you. I would like to know uh, who your favorite comedian uh, of all time is. Gosh, I. Um, there's, you know, I kind of felt like I sampled from so many different, I just watched everything I could. I mean, I loved uh, early Saturday Night Live. Uh, I loved uh, Steve Martin. Uh, I loved watching, you know, as a kid, we we forget that there were only three channels. So the only, the only place you could see comedy was The Tonight Show. And so I'd watch it, stay up late and watch Johnny Carson and stay and see if there was a comedian and watch their act uh, uh, but yeah I, I kind of just uh, studied almost everyone was there a moment when you were starting out where you realized that you could actually make a living doing this or what was the moment for you the moment I, I had uh, I had one day where I got I went on three different auditions and got three parts all in one day uh And they were they were just on sitcoms and they were one line each, but that was that was enough to feel like oh I'm making strangers laugh and uh, which is which is what you're doing when you're doing comedy yeah so. What was your favorite sketch that you've or or project that you've ever done? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I. It's hard. I mean, I, luckily, I can say that I I thoroughly enjoyed every second of all seven seasons that I was on Saturday Night Live. And uh, if someone had said to me, you know, if you signed on the dotted line, you could just stay on that show forever, and that's all you'll ever get to do, I I would have done it. Uh, so, and and every year was, uh, you know, if I have to pick uh, one sketch. The, the sketch that was the most fun in terms of how it started out and where it's become in terms of pop culture would be the cowbell sketch, only because that was one that we try, tried out earlier in the year. So the way Saturday Night Live works is you, you, you put up a sketch at a read-through, and a lot of times it gets, it gets laughs, but maybe the host didn't like it, or it, it doesn't get picked. And you hold on to it, and uh, later, if you get a different host. So I submitted it in the first part of the year and it worked, it didn't, it worked kind of okay and I thought I'm gonna hold on to this and I, and then in February or March of that same season, Christopher Walken was the host and I thought, well I'm gonna rewrite this for Christopher Walken and, but even then performing it that night, it was, it was kind of worked okay at, at the dress rehearsal show and then the live show, it just was one of those, uh, You know, one of those SNL moments where it's so bizarre that <laughs> people are laughing at it, and now it's played at you know sports stadiums, you know, for hockey games and things like that. So, well, thank and, you. And and has ruined Christopher Walken's career, <laughs> which he told me. 
<laughs> at a play. I went and saw him at a play, and I went backstage to say hello. He's like, you know, you've ruined my career. During the curtain call, people have cowbells, they're banging them and waving them at me. You've ruined my career. But he said it with a smile, so, yeah. He was joking. He was joking. Clearly. I hope. Just to yeah. be clear on that. Yeah. When does the house open? Uh, June 30th. Guys, go yes. see it. It's awesome. And thank you for coming here. Thanks, thank you everyone. for being here. Thanks for coming.